their calves. How many, ever, how many ever heard of that? How giraffes give birth? Now, if you know anything about giraffes, giraffes are huge. They're very tall. And so this man, as he was writing this book, he began to say, uh, he began to see that the giraffe was giving birth to one of the calves, and he began to ask the zoo person, he began to ask, hey, is the giraffe going to kneel down? Because if it gives birth at that height, that's like a 10 feet fall. Right? And so the calf is going to drop 10 feet. And so the zookeeper said, no, the, the, the giraffe is not going to kneel down. The giraffe is going to let the baby fall out at 10 feet. Now, if you know what 10 feet is, maybe you can look at that basketball rim. That's 10 feet tall. That's a big drop. Now, if I had my daughter up there, I wouldn't want her drop. If I had my son up there, I, I wouldn't want him drop. Even though he's 16, he'll probably make it. But... I wouldn't want him to drop. But this calf, right, this giraffe doesn't care about the calf dropping 10 feet. So eventually it gives birth and it drops and the calf don't even move. It doesn't move at all, it's motionless. And you would think that the giraffe will eventually like put their nose to them, start shaking them gently and stuff like that. But that's not what happens. The zookeeper begins to say, that uh, watch what begins to happen and the guy begins to notice that the giraffe begins to turn around and what the giraffe does is kicks the whole calf while it's motionless. Can you believe that? That's like me, my son falls 10 feet, he's lifeless on the basketball court and instead of picking him up, shaking him gently, I go up to him and I kick him in his stomach where he loses all his air. Some of you might be like, wow, that, that, that would be extremely cruel. That's what the giraffe did, right? And so what happens is the reason why the giraffe did that is so that they could get back on his feet, to learn how to get on his feet, right? And so guess what happens when the giraffe, the baby giraffe, just begins to walk around? You know what the, 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 the mother giraffe does? is to kick him off or her off his feet. And then the guy was like asking the zookeeper, is it, why, why is she doing that? Doesn't she want him or her to walk? And the zookeeper says, the giraffe wants to remind the calf how they got back up. The giraffe wants to remind the calf how they got back up, right? But the story, of the, the moral of the story is this, is that so many times when we have fallen on the ground, we don't have people to pick us up. And the sad thing is, is sometimes the people that about us, the people that are not encouraging us but discouraging us, the people that are saying bad stuff behind us and, and backstabbing us are not our friends, is actually our family. And that's the story of Joseph. Joseph, for whatever reason, his dad had favor on him. He had nine other brothers. And the story goes is that Israel loved Joseph more than his other sons because he was a child of his old age. And look what he did. He said, it says, he made him an elaborate coat. The coat represented position. The coat represented that sooner or later, Joseph was just not going to be a person that works in the field, but he was going to be a person that eventually owns the field. And what began, what began to happen was, is that his father, his father put that coat 
And it wasn't like, you know, a simple coat. It was a very elaborate coat. It was a Gucci coat. Come on now. It was a Louis Vuitton, they make coats. Right? Uh, so it was, it was something that everybody knows. And can I tell you something? Sometimes God is going to bless you in such a way that every single person is going to notice the favor of God upon your life. Even those people that thought they were better than you. Some of us, we get so discouraged because we see other people getting blessed. We see other people getting houses. But can I tell you something? God has favored you and in due season, you will get what he's promised inside of your life. Can somebody say amen? So Joseph had haters and his haters were his brothers. Joseph was kicked while he was down. Joseph was kicked while he was down. And some of you might be wondering, why, why would his brothers do this? Well, can I tell you something? If you look at the life of Joseph, Joseph was a man of integrity. Everybody say integrity. What does integrity mean? Well, here's one definition. Integrity is, is, it can be defined as aligning your conduct or your character with what you know to be excellent. A person of integrity displays a principle Dedication to values and beliefs. They always seek to reflect ethical standards to do the right thing regardless of the circumstances. Here's a, a very simple definition right here. Integrity is who you are when no one's looking. Integrity is who you really are when no one is looking. Because right, we know how to behave around the right people, right? We know how to behave when we're in church. We know how to talk when we're in church. But who are you really when you're outside of this place? That's who you really are. That is your integrity. But when we look at the life of Joseph, we see that he was two things. He was a person of integrity and he was a person of forgiveness. What's so important about integrity? Well, let me give you a few things. One thing, integrity attracts the right relationships. Because Joseph had integrity, the Bible says that every time he he, he his brothers, he came back and he gave report to his father. Let me tell you something about Joseph's brothers. Joseph's brothers were not a people of character. And in the hood terminology, they were shady. There were some shady people. Right? And his father most likely had an intuition about who they really were. Because guess what? Joseph's brother, they were not full brothers. They were half brothers. They belonged to another wife. And the reason why Joseph had so much favor is because his mother was the mother that Joseph really loved. And so he had favor because of his mother. Some of us, we got favor right now because it's generational. Can somebody say amen? Because your mom has favor with God and it trickled down to you. Because your father has favor and has opened doors in the sight of God and got God's attention, it has trickled down to you. And that's such a blessing. So here we have Joseph being a person that will report back to his father, yo, your sons are doing this. They're building relationships with people that are our enemies. 
Because that's what the brothers were doing. They were having relationships with people that Jacob or Israel, when he changed his name, did not like. And Joseph will come in and begin to tell them. Why? Because he was a person of integrity. And when you are a person of integrity, when you walk the walk, you begin to attract the right relationships. The relationships that will move you forward to your destiny. The relationships that will put you in your purpose. The relationships that will open the door for you and bless you. The relationships that will be, begin to open doors where you're able to start that business. But listen, my friend, when you don't have integrity, when you don't have integrity, the opposite happens. You begin to attract the wrong people inside of your life. The people that will close the door for your opportunities and keep it for themselves. When we don't have integrity, we will attract the wrong kind of relationship that will keep the blessing of God away from your life. So many times we think that having uh, uh, integrity is a waste of time, especially in this world, because in this world we're taught that the person that strives the hardest is the one that gets up the ladder. The person that connives his way, makes his way for himself, is the one that gets stuff in this world. My friend, when you're doing stuff in the kingdom and Jesus is your king, that is the total opposite of how to get stuff. We have to remember, there's kings in this world, but we serve the king of kings. There's lords in this world, but we serve the lord of lords. What does that mean? That means God's way of doing things trumps absolutely everything else. He has authority. But here's the other thing. Integrity attracts position. Everybody say position. Sometimes the reason why things don't open up for us and we don't get positioned in the right way is because we are living the way we are living. It's because we are saying certain things that close the door inside of our lives. Can I tell you something? That God has no problem bypassing people to favor you. The Bible says this, that Jacob or Israel bypassed nine of his sons to favor Joseph. Nine other people were before him. Nine other people were working before Joseph. Nine other people were working hard. But he bypassed all those people for Joseph. Can I tell you something? That God is able to do the same thing for us. It's not about how hard you work. It's how good you live before God. And when God begins to see the integrity of our lives, when God begins to see that we are striving forward and we are trying to live for him, my friends, sooner or later, the doors will open because God will not ask us to do something that he hasn't already prepared a reward for it. He's not going to ask you to live a certain way without having a position ready for you to take. The issue sometimes with us is we get impatient, don't we? We get impatient with doing the right thing, especially with people that are living evil 
And when people that are not living for God, and when people are cheating on their spouse, they get blessed seemingly, and yet we're still waiting for the blessing. But can I tell you something? Whatever the devil gives you, he can take away. But when God gives you something, my friend, it is permanent. And if he ever takes something away from you, it is because he has something so much more better. Everybody say an upgrade. He always has an upgrade in plan. Here's the third thing. Integrity attracts favor upon your life. And if you don't know what favor is, a good definition is undeserved Favor. It is grace. It is something that God gives you when you don't even earn it. So many times, right, as parents, we teach our kids, well, if you want that, you got to earn it, right? Which is a great principle, by the way. You know what I mean? you got to earn it. And sometimes God does that with us, too. He says, listen, there's conditions to this promise. The promises of God, some, most of them, not all of them, some he gives it to you, like for example, one promise that has no condition except you giving your life to Christ is all you got to do is give your life to Christ and boom, that's it, you're saved. You don't have to do nothing extra but give your life to Christ. Now, if you want to live a fruitful life, then you live according to the word of God, right? But salvation is free. Somebody said this, salvation is free, everything else you got to pay a price for. Amen? So watch this, integrity attracts position, it attracts favor. Grace is a fa the favor of God. God can give us favor in areas in our lives even when we don't deserve it. Watch this, I want you to remember this. And some people don't understand this, but this is absolutely true. Especially in the story of Joseph, right? Favor isn't fair. I'll say that again. Favor isn't Fair. What do I mean by that? Just like in the story of Joseph. Joseph said this. The story of Joseph says that he skipped nine of his sons to favor Joseph. Some of us would, if that would happen to us, we would say, but yeah, that's not fair. There ain't nothing fair about that. But can I tell you something? God doesn't care what other people think when he's about to bless you. I'll say that again. God doesn't care what other people think when he is going to bless you because many times we have waited for that blessing. How many ever waited for a blessing to come? And we were like, man, that's, that's been taking a long time, right? And God's working with us in our attitude and our motives and he's seeing how consistent we are. And so when, when God blesses me, I, I make no apologies. I don't. I don't make apologies. When God blesses me with position, I make no apologies. When God blesses me with the right relationship, I make no apologies because we know what we've been to, through before we got there. And the blessing of being in a relationship with Jesus Christ is that he favors you and it doesn't matter who disagrees with it. But here's the bad side of living with integrity is that it attracts haters. Right? So many times you think, man, when we're successful, man, my friends are going to be happy. And I don't know about you, I've been in a, in a place where God has blessed me and I've lost friends. How many have been there before? I've been in a place where 
I was praying, and the person was even praying with me. And when I actually got to the promised land, when God has actually blessed me, for whatever reason, there's no more relationship. Why? Because many times when you live with integrity, God blesses, and when blessing comes, haters. Right? What were, what were the brothers hating on Joseph for? Well, number one, the same thing that I talked about. Joseph's brothers were hating because he was a person of integrity and loyalty. So many times you think, oh, he's so nice. How can anybody hate him? He does everything right. You know, there's some people that actually hate because you're living right before God. Some of your family members, they think you're annoying because you cry out to God every single day. They think you're annoying because before you go to anybody else, you go to Jesus. And because you have a relationship with God, or you're trying to, you attract haters. I'm not getting an amen on that, but I know it's true. <laughs> what we got to be careful is we don't become the hater. Right? We don't, we don't become the person that begins to discourage people from actually worshiping God and seeking God because you're a hater. Let's be real. Right? Sometimes we could be haters. Oh, I wish I could. They don't have to go all out like that. You know, they don't have to give 10% to God. You know what I'm saying? They're haters. You ain't got to teach your kids the Bible. Let them choose. The reason why they're saying that is because they're haters. They're just haters. Right? Next thing that you see is that uh, Joseph's brothers, they, they hated, they were jealous about the relationship. Can I tell you something? Some of your co-workers are going to hate on you when your boss has favor on you and she promotes you or he promotes you. How many of you have ever been there? I've been there. Where for whatever reason, I have a great relationship with my boss and I have great relationships with people inside of the company and because people want that position, they begin to what? Hate. They begin to get jealous. But the truth of the matter is they can get to the same place that every single one of us have gotten to as long as they put God first. And that's what Joseph did. Joseph put God first. And that's the reason why not only his physical father blessed him, but his heavenly father blessed him. Because he began to have a good relationship with his father. They were jealous because of his position. You know what they began to say? Read the story. They began to, when they saw the coat come upon Joseph, they began to hate it even more. Because that coat represented position, that coat represented that he was going to be their manager. He wasn't going to work with them. He was going to manage everything that they did. Can I tell you something? God is preparing some of you not to just be a regular worker. He's preparing you to manage. He's preparing you to be the boss. Everybody say boss. So many times we're satisfied with just being the worker. When God has manager written all over your name. The reason is, is that we don't want to offend people. How many have been there? The reason is we don't want to create haters because we already know that when we begin to get blessed and when God begins to bypass people that have been doing it longer, you will get haters. But my friend, you better take it while it's there. 
You have to take it while it's there. And the last thing is jealousy because of God's favor upon their lives. Some of you have the favor of God upon your life and you don't even know it. And some of you might be asking, how do I know? How do I know that I have the favor of God upon my life? Let me give you some, some, a, a, a good example. The way you know that you have God's favor upon your life is that God has given you something that you know you didn't work for. You don't have the degree to have the position. You don't have the intelligence to have the position. God just opened the door and told you to walk through it. You don't deserve to have a relationship with this person. You don't even know how you have a relationship with this person. In fact, some of you having relationships with CEOs and managers makes you uncomfortable because in the back of your mind, you know you're not even fit for it. But that's how you know God's favor is upon your life. How else do you know when God opens doors for you and for whatever reason he, has, he hasn't opened it for somebody else? But when you walk into the meeting, you get favor. When you walk into the interview, all your friends couldn't get the job. But when you go to that interview, God opens the door for that job. Why? Because that is God's favor upon your life. Amen. As they put on some worship music, we'll begin to close. So many times we got to be careful, right? We got to be careful with us becoming the hater. Because let's be real, sometimes when we've been waiting for a while for God to bless us, we become the haters. So let me give you some traits so that we don't become haters. Number one, haters or bitter people are really angry at God. They're really angry at God. When you see somebody being blessed, and you'd be like, man, I've been waiting for years for that. You're not, you're not really bitter at that person. You're not really angry at that person. What you're really communicating is, God, I'm angry at you. Because how, how can you bless them? And I've been trying to live for you all these years, and I still haven't done what I asked for. We've all been there, haven't we? I've been there, struggling, man. I remember when I first got married, my household income was 14000 a year. Household income for the whole year, 14000 Struggling. I mean, struggling. It was hard. I remember there was times where I'd be like, man, God, like, you know, why are you going to bless? Why are you going to open the door? I mean, just looking for a good job. A job, I, I used to think, God, if you could just give me a job that pays me more than $10. 10 something. I mean, I, I have the anointing for $10 an hour jobs. And I remember there was there was a time where I just, I just kept on being faithful. It wasn't easy. I kept on being faithful, and there was a time where my household income wasn't 14000 it was close to like 90000 a year. That's what faithfulness does. 
That's what God does. Some of us were about to quit. He says, if you could just hold on a little bit longer. I know you might be angry at me. I know you're seeing me bless these people. And sometimes it's not even God blessing them. Because the devil blesses too. Because he knows that possessions and position take people away from God. So God, so the devil don't have no problem giving you money. He'll give you thousands. Because he knows he'll keep you away from God. Amen. He'll give you thousands. He'll give you the women that you want. He'll give you the men that you want. He'll give you even the position that you want. But anything, anything, anything that takes you away from God is not worth it. Jesus went through that too. When he was tempted by the devil, remember that? 40 days and 40 nights. And the devil says, I'll give you the whole world if you just bow down to me and worship me. And Jesus said this. He says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. You should not test the Lord your God. Jesus responded to the devil. Can I tell you something? Jesus already had the world. It already belonged to him. The only thing is, is that Satan tried to give Jesus the whole world without the cross. He says, you don't have to pay the price. You don't have to go through Gethsemane and shed tears. You don't have to die on the cross. I'll give you everything without the price. The only problem with that is, is that Satan is a deceiver and he's a thief and whatever he gives, he'll take it right back. But God's process, when we do go through the process and we do it God's way, and it might be painful, and it might be hurtful, and it might be uncomfortable, but my friend, now Jesus has a name above every name. And that every knee will bow to his name. Why? Because he chose the cross. He didn't take the bait of Satan. So many times when we are not getting what we think we good, that we deserve, bitterness is a denial of the goodness of God. Some of you, in the back of your mind, you don't say this out of your mouth because you know it's wrong, but in the back of your mind, you're like, yo, God's been good to them. But I don't know if God's been good to me, and I don't even know if it's worth it. I don't even know if it's worth it. And this is what Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says. It says, and we know that all things, everybody say all things. And we know all things. God works for the good for those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Whenever the enemy is telling you it's not worth it, this scripture is right there. This is God's heart. He says, I don't care what you've gone through. I don't care the pain that you've been through. I work all things for your Good. God's plans are good. God's plans are abundant. God's plans are rich. God's plans are more than enough. Somebody say amen. Last thing, bitterness leaks out 
and poison others. I've seen this in families where because the, the father or the mother is angry at God, it leaks out to the kids. And now the kids don't want to serve God. Because bitterness leaks out. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. It says this, it says, See it, that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. Many become defiled. Our bitterness, our jealousy, our envy always affects, not only just us, it affects the people around us. Amen? I want to tell you, you don't have to be angry at God because He is always going to bless you if you do it His way. And that's the problem sometimes, isn't it? Is doing it his way. This is Jesus' way. Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to close. It says this, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility. Another way to say this, without hating, count others more significant than yourself. For let each of you look not only to his own interest, nothing wrong with looking for your interest, but he says don't only look for your own interest but also to the interests of others. Have the mind in yourself which is yours in Christ Jesus. What is, he, what is Paul saying here? He's saying this is the mind that Jesus has. Who through what he was in the form of God did not count in equality with God a thing to be grasped. What does that mean? That means Jesus, when he came to this world, he says, I'm willing to give up my, my deity. I'm willing to give up my status as God to come down to you because I love you. He says, don't hold on to your titles. Don't hold on to your reputation. That's the attitude of God. He says this, verse 7, but made himself nothing. Taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on a cross. So how do you get the favor of God? How do you not become a hater yourself? And what do you do in the midst of your haters? You have the attitude of Christ. You humble yourself. Even to the point of death. Not physical death many times. Death to your pride. Death to what you can say. Death to those things. Can somebody say amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I really believe that God wants to bless people here. Just like he did with Joseph. But Joseph... The story of Joseph was because he lived with integrity. Unfortunately, he ended up in a pit. But even in the pit, the Bible says God was with Joseph. Some of you might find yourself in a pit. Some of you might find yourself exactly like in a pit. You feel like it's dark all around you. 
you feel alone, you feel bad, and the only thing that you can do is look up. And my friend, that's all you have to do. When Jesus is all you got, Jesus is all you need. Jesus is all you need. That's all Joseph had. Because his father didn't even know where he was. And he was betrayed by his brothers. But God was with Joseph. And God is with you. So if this message ministered to you, I just want you to lift up your hands. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah, Jesus. So, Father God, you know every single person, God. I pray, God, that you will move upon them, Jesus. God, you know the pit that they're in. You know who has hated on them. You know who has betrayed them. In the midst of it, you want them to know, I am still with you. In the midst of every pit, in the midst of every trial, in the midst of everything, every disappointment, every discouragement, I am still with you. So, Father, I pray, God, that this word will ring in our hearts. I pray this in Jesus' name, Father God, that you will move. And that even in this church, that you will attract the right people. That you will bring the right people. God, you are already doing it, God. God, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. amen. Come on, give Jesus a praise. Amen. amen. So this morning, uh, we have a few announcements. We're going to be meeting here at 11 o'clock next week um, at 11 a.m. Uh, if you want to be a part of the Impact Team, we would love some help in the morning. Uh, it is a lot of work to set up these pipe and drapes and stuff like that. Uh, if you're physically able to, we would love to have your help in doing that. It will move a lot faster and stuff like that. Also, that yesterday we had a, such an amazing time with our outreach. Amen. How many are excited that we had some amazing outreach? We actually went to that laundry mat right next to the YMCA. And believe it or not, we didn't even ask. We asked some people to pray, but most of the people that we prayed for, they asked us to pray for them, Amen. which was a powerful thing. Uh, people were having prayer requests. They were excited that there's a church in here. Um, and so God was moving. We paid for people's laundry. They were actually shocked that um, that somebody was paying for their laundry. So uh, thank you so much for giving because it is because of your giving that we're able to bless people with giving uh, free laundry and stuff like that. We also, on Friday, we were giving out food. Come on, give Jesus some praise for for people that are getting fed because of our ministry. Now, you look around, we're not a lot, right? And I know some ministries that are, are uh, bigger than us, right? And they don't, they don't do that kind of stuff, not knocking them. But I'm just sharing that so that you can know the vision and the heart of our church. We want to be able to bless people, especially people that are in need with laundry and stuff like that and, and food and things like that. So uh, if you can prepare to give, maybe put the, the screen up. Uh, there's a few ways that you can give. Um, one way is you can give online at myuturnorlando.com. You'll see a giving tab right there. You can put your credit card. It is a secure 
place to give. Uh, also, you can text on your text. You uh, type it, you, you put the, the number 833-307-0809. I know it could probably be kind of small for people, but uh, you can come up to me later on or come up to the screen later on, and I can give you that number. And then text GIVE to that number to 833-307-0809. Also, you can give here. So if you have cash and you need an envelope, go ahead and raise up your hand, and the usher will go ahead and give you the envelope for that. And uh, so you know, all this obviously uh, takes money. And uh, But before you give to us, I really want you to have the mentality that you're giving to the kingdom of God, not to the church. Because ultimately, it is God that blesses you. It is God that will open up the windows of heaven over your life, not the church. We are the avenue to give to God, but you are not giving to us. You're giving to God. Amen? Amen. So uh, if you have your offering, go ahead and raise it up to the Lord, and we'll go ahead and pray for it. Amen. Father God, I thank you, God, for every single person that will be giving their offering this morning. And I pray, Lord Jesus, God, that you will bless them abundantly, Father God. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If this is your first time here, want to uh, meet you at the table out there. We have a